Thursday, the 24th of March, 2010. Google takes on China. Internet heavies and clueful people rip into Australia's mandatory censorship plan. And Senator Conroy says he will release the NBN report in May. This is the 9pm Edict. Hello, I'm still Gary and welcome to The Edict. I'm disgruntled tonight. Quite disgruntled. The news is full of internet and censorship stories this week. In China, Google has turned off censorship of its search results. Huge story. Everyone's waiting to see what happens next. Here in Australia, the DBCDE, the Department of Broadband Communications and the Digital Economy... Look, what the fuck is a digital economy? If you mean the economy of stuff, what is coordinated using computers or the internet, well, that's pretty much everything these days. Did we previously try to carve things off as the telephone economy or the train and truck economy or the walking to the shops for a packet of ciggies economy or nipping down the pub at lunchtime for a quick half pint economy? No, we did not. And in any event, digital economy... Why, of all the aspects of human existence, do we single out the economy? Not digital community, digital society, digital family, digital nation, but digital economy. We are not our cash flows, Mr. Rudd. Where was that? The digital economy, yes. The Department of Same has published all of the public submissions it received on that rather Kafka-esque project introducing transparency to how we compile a secret censorship blacklist. Yes, we're going to transparently create a secret list. The mind boggles. There's 174 of these public submissions, ranging from angry, ignorant rants from anonymous twats through to a 20,000-word paper from three of Australia's leading media studies professors which suggests, more or less, that Australia's entire media classification system is a piece of shit and we should start again for a whole lot of reasons, not the least of which is that the internet is not a movie. Maybe I'll explain that in a little bit. For the last 36 hours, I've been trying to get my head around all of these stories. I've been writing and talking about them the whole time. Writing for Crikey, talking to SBS TV News and ABC Radio. And while, while, dear listener, as you know, I give a very big damn about censorship. Freedom of expression is one of those basic human right things. Millions of people died in World War II fighting for this freedom thing. The United Nations Covenant on Human Rights was written in the hope that we would never ever return to that horror. But, quite frankly, right now, I'm completely fucking over it. Excellent. That's three minutes filled already. We're doing okay. Let's keep going, shall we? Now, Google and China. Want to know more about that? Good. It is important to stay abreast of current issues. So, go to news.google.com, type in Google and China, hit search news, et voila! More fucking information about Google and China than you could possibly ever want. All of it up to date, most of it probably wrong, but that's always going to be the case, so don't get too disappointed about that. Oh, what do I think will happen between Google and China? How the fuck should I know? I'm here in Sydney, and China is over there in... Uh, well, China, and Google is in your underpants. Google is in my underpants too. They're in everyone's underpants, and there's not a damn thing you or I could do about it. But what are they going to do? I don't know. Do you know what my great insight is into all of this? That I can go to news.google.com, type Google and China, click on search news... 
and read and think. Ah, think. I see a problem. Carry on. That's the theme music. That's another 10 seconds filled just on its own. Awesome. And me saying that that's another 10 seconds, another 10 seconds. Lovely. In Manchester, a 16-year-old girl by the name of Chelsea Taylor was sacked from her lucrative and highly skilled job at Cookies Cafe because she lost a £10 note while running an errand. This is global news. It's so important, I was asked to provide commentary on ABC Radio this afternoon. Now, the only real issue here whether losing £10 actually warrants getting the sack. If that's all this kid did wrong, then the time spent on wrapping up her employment, selecting and finding a new staff member and training them is going to cost Cookie's Cafe a shitload more than £10. It's a bit of an own goal, you tossers. Then again, maybe there was history that we don't know about. Maybe this was the last straw that led to the sacking. Who knows? The news reports don't tell us. Thanks. But what they do tell us and this is the reason it's global news, is that Chelsea Taylor was informed of her sacking via a message on Facebook. Yes, something happened on Facebook, therefore it's news. Now the message itself is rather amusing for its informal illiteracy. Uh, I've linked to it on the website. It's hardly the sort of clear, coherent business communication uh, I'd let anyone working for me send out. But sending someone a message on Facebook is not news. An Australian court has even delivered a summons on Facebook. So if that most conservative and rightly conservative institution, the court, should think that using Facebook is entirely okay, then quite frankly someone using Facebook for normal business communication is not news. Repeat after me, using Facebook for normal business communication is not news. But there's one important fact missing from all of this. Was that message public? on Chelsea's Facebook wall, or was it private? If it was public, okay, that's out of line. Maybe that's a news story. Someone's employment information is private data. But if it was a private message, then even though it was rubbish writing, it's just an email. And in essence, that's no different from writing her a letter. Yet not one of the stories I saw about this even covered that basic fact. Was this message public, or was it private? This isn't news, people, and this certainly isn't journalism. You're listening to The Edict. Now, earlier I was uh, somewhat distracted by that phrase, digital economy. I don't think it's right. And I've just remembered a speech that Liberal leader Ears Abbott gave in December. In fact, his victory speech when he became opposition leader. Here's... Uh, uh, an edited cut-up extract, but what's interesting is how much of this narrative is still being used today. Now, this emissions trading scheme legislation, which is really an energy taxation scheme, does deserve the most rigorous scrutiny by this parliament. This is a $120 billion tax on the Australian public, and that is just for starters, uh, as an opposition, uh, our job is to hold the government rigorously to account. Uh, oppositions are not there to get legislation through. Uh, oppositions are there to hold the government to account. 
And unless we are confident that a piece of legislation uh, is beyond reasonable doubt uh, in the national interest, it is our duty as the opposition uh, to vote it down. Uh, what we've seen from the Rudd government over the last two years is an incredible waste of money, a waste of money that has been worse than Whitlam. And just to give you two examples, uh, we've had the uh, schools program, and I'm all in favour of effective investing in schools. The Howard government did that, the first time uh, a national government has ever uh, directly invested in school infrastructure uh, in that way. Um, but what the Rudd government is getting is $7 billion worth of, of value from $14 billion worth of spending. And then, of course, there's the $43 billion national broadband network without even a business plan. Not even Gough Whitlam uh, would be as crazy uh, as that. In the end, the fundamental job of government is to run a good economy. Did you get that? In the end, the fundamental job of government is to run a good economy. No, Mr Rabbit. The job of the government is to govern the nation, the nation of Australia, its people and communities, not just this abstract thing called the economy. Quite frankly, I think that calls for an edict. This is edict number eight. If you are a politician, no matter what your party, no matter what your ideology, every morning before you shave your face or your legs or your bikini line as appropriate, Christopher Pine, you shall repeat the following mantra three times. The nation is not the economy. The nation is not the economy. The nation is not the economy. That's all for the edict tonight. I'm afraid I didn't get on to talking about uh, the release of the National Broadband Network report. I suppose I'll link to something on the website. I'll talk about that another time. And uh, I didn't really go into details about uh, the submissions for the internet censorship plan, but then I've already done that for Crikey, so there'll be links from the website to that as well. No one left an audio comment again this week, but if you'd like to for the next edition, Skype to Stilgarian or phone Sydney plus 61280113733. I really do wish people would phone and leave comments because I will include them in the program and I won't bite very much. The plan is for the next two episodes to be on Monday and Wednesday next week, although that is subject to change. Either way, I'll let you know via the Twitters sometime around 9pm on the days in question, because this is the 9pm Edict. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, this is going to be a tough fight, but it will be a fight. You cannot win an election without a fight. The job of the opposition is to be an alternative, not an echo, to provide a choice, not a copy. 
Now, I cannot promise victory. Uh, obviously, this is going to be very tough, but I can promise a contest. It will be a good contest, it will be a clean contest, and I know my colleagues are gearing up for the fight of their lives. Mr. Abbott, are you saying... Julie, do you want to say